0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, or night. I have no idea when you're watching this. My name is Adam Potter, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Pop Culture Catch-Up. So, if you don't know what the Pop Culture Catch-Up is, and why would you, this is the first episode. The Pop Culture Catch-Up is a weekly series where I catch you up on the pop culture. So, without further ado, let's get right into the news. But before we do that, if you know who that intro is imitating, tweet me, at the PC catch-up. Okay, now, let's catch up on the pop culture. So, over the weekend on Sunday, it was Easter, and I personally hope you all had lovely Easters. But a holiday that's been around for hundreds of years hardly classifies as pop culture, right? Well, you see, that's where you're completely... Yeah, right. However, the popular anime and manga known as Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, run by the mangaka Hirohiko Araki, had a Jojo event. This event was essentially just something to show off the anime and manga with tiny little things like interviews with VAs. Pretty good stuff if you ask me. However, right at the end, something pretty big for Jojo happened. It was announced that David Productions will be animating part 6 of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. And while, no, we don't have even a rough estimate on when this could possibly ever come out, it's didn't stop fans from rejoicing at the thought of Part 6 finally being animated, and, uh, I can't really blame them. Part 6, it's a pretty good part. Jolene Cujo, pretty good Jojo. Plus, it also has Jojo, and it mentions Giorno. If you don't know, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure focuses on a family tree, And all of their last names, or all of their names in general, correspond with Jojo, Jotaro Kujo, Joseph Star, Giorno Giovanna. You got it. So, Jolene Kujo is the Jojo of Part 6, Stone Ocean. Which, yeah, it's something to be excited about. And also, I wouldn't normally mention this... But since we're on the topic of Jojo, Bandai Namco has announced that their fighting game known as Jump Force will be including Giorno Giovanna as the final DLC character releasing on April 13th, which is pretty exciting. And again, if you don't know what Jump Force is, Jump Force is an anime fighting game. It's a video game with anime characters and they fight. And the next big pop culture thing this week comes from none other than the dictator of the cinemas, the MCU. And, wait, wait, wait. Before you skip through this section, there'll be no spoilers for WandaVision or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So don't even worry about it. Everything else though is fair game. So if it's like Endgame, Throw the Dark World, Iron Man, yeah, that's fair game. So, with WandaVision finishing up a while ago and Falcon and the Winter Soldier releasing every Friday, there only being two episodes left, the Black Widow movie seemingly delayed over and over and over again. Well, on Monday, the MCU fans of the world finally got some good news on the MCU front. The new trailer for the TV show, exclusively streaming on Disney+, Loki, was released. And this shows us what the new show will be about. From what it looks like, it seems like Loki trying to fix the imbalances caused in time by the Avengers in Avengers Endgame. I mean, this could all just be Marvel Studios trying to pull the wool over our eyes and this being a very minor plot point. I mean, I doubt it, but Loki's a god of mischief and he's kind of known for his trickery. But what we do definitely know about the show is that it's going to be dropping on June 11th. And it's going to have weekly episodes until it is over. And that is so exciting. And in a smaller light, on Tuesday, E3 2021 was officially announced and it is definitely going to be happening. If you don't know what E3 is, it's a conference for gaming companies to show consumers and investors their future projects for their consoles and like, their video game departments, if it's, like, Microsoft, it shows what Xbox is doing, or Sony, it shows what PlayStation is doing. So, it shows everyone what they're up to on the gaming front. And so far, Microsoft has signed up to do some an event for their Xbox, assumably the Series S and X, probably not the Xbox One, because it's kind of outdated. Nintendo has signed up to do a Nintendo Direct, which is a pre-recorded video to show all things Nintendo. I would assume Nintendo plans to reveal their next fighter for their hit fighting game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I can't say that 100% for sure, though. You never know with Nintendo. Now, the reason E3 confirmation this year is such a big deal is because last year was canceled due to a certain... world event that caused people to not be able to go places. So many speculated that this year's E3 would also be canceled, which it isn't, gladly... But it is all virtual for what I would assume are obvious reasons. In this next story, it's not necessarily a pop culture, which it's just fantastic. I can't believe I'm going off topic on my first episode. However, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Prince Philip sadly passed away on Friday which will definitely affect many people in many different ways. In other news, set photos for a Powerpuff Girls reboot have been shown off. Now, if you're like everyone else in the world who knows anything about the Powerpuff Girls, which is like… children… you would be asking, I thought that it already had a reboot, and you know what? You're absolutely correct, it DID already have a reboot! So, why is it having a second one? It's because a second one, as I'm sure you guessed from the words set and photo, it's a live-action reboot. Because, hey, those always go so well. Like, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, you should watch the new Aladdin, it's pretty good. Like, no, I'm not gonna watch something that according to you, is, quote-unquote, pretty good because a I don't like Disney princess movies so we can call that pretty good a decent and b the original is still better the new one it has Will Smith I get it but the original one has Robin Williams why would I not watch it but this isn't about Disney this is about the Powerpuff Girls and I just want to say of all the classic Cartoon Network shows you could have chosen you choose the one with tiny baby bodies to have full grown women play. Because that's right. It doesn't look like they're children. It looks like they've aged them up. Which, I mean, I get it. I guess. But, at the first glance, the costumes are still the same classic like onesies that they've... Why? You couldn't have changed the costumes, and I get it. They could obviously change the costumes later on. We don't know when the set photos are taken. This could be like the very beginning of the first episode or like the end of the final episode or something. But still seeing grown women in onesies that are made for like babies and given they're obviously bigger onesies. They're not like that would be a bit too revealing and a bit too tight and like, you know, they're they're probably around like 5, 8, I'd want to say. And the reception by other people on this show, they're not too thrilled about this reboot either. So you don't even have the Powerpuff Girl fans on board with this. It's kind of bound to fail. But to top it all off, this show is going to be on the CW. Now listen, I have nothing Personal against the CW. Now, I don't have some vendetta against it. Arrow and The Flash were pretty good. But actually pretty good. Not live-action Aladdin pretty good. But Supergirl... It was fine. It was better on CBS. On CBS, not CBS. Oh, uh, look, look! S- Supergirl! It, fr- from the drugstore! No. No. So, it was... Supergirl was a lot better on CBS. I'm not gonna lie. And then... The CGI in the DC shows weren't that great either. flying girls that have Superman-like powers. Fight a tiny monkey with a branding case in glass. This is gonna look horrendous. And then, don't even... Oh, so you're judging it because it's on the CW? Because, yes! Yes, I am judging it because it's on the CW. Other than Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl, can you name one thing that's come from the CW? I'm waiting? Oh, you can't. That's what I thought. So I'm saying it's coming and prepared for it. And I'm prepared for it to be subpar at its best. Okay, and the last story, and it's not technically from this week. However, it's still the top song, so I I can justify covering it. Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X has been called disturbing content as it's overly sexual and overly explicit. And no, I cannot deny that point, but this does lead me into a segment that will be reoccurring throughout the show, which I like to call, Is It Worse Than Fact? And hey, uh, real quick, if you're comfortable with sexual themes, (laughs) Now is a good place to stop listening, so goodbye, I hope to see you next week. For those of you strong-hearted and willing to brave your way through this segment, Is It Worse Than Fack is a segment where I will be reviewing the lyrics of songs to see if it was worse than the 20, than the 2005 Eminem song, Fack. If you're unaware of what Fack is, it's a song that Eminem wrote while high off his mind, with all the lyrics being talking about him coming... And if you don't know what cum is, I, may, maybe this segment isn't for you. Now, Montero Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X is a pretty dirty song. But it's a stack up to fact. First bets? I'm guessing not so much. Now, throughout Montero Call Me By My Name, which from now on I'll just be calling Montero because I can't be bothered to say the full thing, it's clear and no, I'm talking about the lyrics right now, not the video. That it's Lil knock sex trying to hook up with someone. You can get that assumption by most of the lyrics, like, you're cute enough to F with me tonight, or I want to get that jet lag from Fing and flying, or I'm not phased, only here to sin. If Eve ain't in your garden, you can call me when, call me when you want, call me when you need, call me in the morning, I'll be on my way. Eve, of course, being a biblical reference, and the garden being an innuendo for the genital region. And for the record, he doesn't say effing and flying. I'm trying to keep this, uh, kind of (laughs) family-friendly. And obviously, most of all, Lil Nas's hums where he hums to the melody of the song— or his part-worded stutters are to emanate, are to imitate him, orgasming. Just, yeah. You know, there's other examples other than those lyrics and uh, the humming, but those are the biggest examples throughout the song. Also throughout the song, Lil Nas X talks about drugs with lyrics such as "Looking at the table, all he sees is weed and white," weed being marijuana. I don't, I don't know why I said it like that. Um, and white being cocaine, or cocaine and drinking with your friends, which, straight up, mentions cocaine. And that's it on the drug part, and there will be people mad at me if I don't mention that Lil Nas X, in the music video, he's going down a stripper pole that goes down to hell and he gives a lap dance to Satan. However, fact, doesn't have a music video, so I'm not going to use that as a point. And even if, and if I did, I still think FAC would win. Now, for FAC, I'm leaving a lot of the sexual stuff in FAC out of the segment, or else we'd be here for uh Three and a half minutes while I recite every single lyric of FAC. And I'll be honest, I know every single lyric. Because the song's kind of fire if you don't pay attention to the lyrics. But that doesn't make it good. And again, three and a half minutes, kind of a waste of time. If you want to listen to the lyrics, you can listen to the song. So for facts, most sexual parts, it includes him hooking up with a girl and trying to get her to call her sister up and have a threesome between Eminem and and this girl, um, a finger is also put up his butt, leading to the lyrics, oh, your finger's in my A, ow, that hurts, take it out now, oh, wait a minute, ow, put it back in, 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 this don't mean I'm gay, I don't like men, I like boobs, 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 now see that gerbil, grab that tube, shove it up my butt, let that little rascal nibble on my A-hole, again, more colorful language than A-hole, and A, as I'm, Sure, you can also assume. And, uh, it gets right to the point with that. I mean, I'm sure you can picture what's happening. And, uh, you know, Eminem also has a segment of him orgasming where he just repeats, I'm slim, shady, uh, except it sounds more like, (laughs) which, you know. Yeah, y- you know. So, FAC, I'd like to say beats Montero by far on the sexual standpoint, and for drugs, Eminem was high off his mind while writing this. This is quite literally the ramblings of someone who is horny while high. So, FAC wins there, too. So, final conclusion, no. Montero, call me by your name, is not worse than hit. And by hit, I mean flop. 2005 song, FAC. Well, that does it for the first episode of Pop Culture Catch-Up. Thank you so much for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, please leave, a like a good nice review or something. Or, you know, rate it well. Give me, like, at least four stars, please. Remember, I'm also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, like, Essentially, wherever else you could even listen to a podcast. So, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Please, please come back next week. I'm a bit desperate. Okay, thank you. Bye bye.